Hello, and welcome to the Communication Solution Podcast with Casey Jackson and John Gilbert. I'm your host, Danielle Canton. Here at the Institute for Individual and Organizational Change, otherwise known as IFIOC, we love to talk about communication, we love to talk about solutions, and we love to talk about providing measurable results for individuals, organizations, and the communities they serve. Welcome to the communication solution that will change your world. I'm Danielle Canton. I'm here with Casey Jackson on the Communication Solution, and we are so excited to be chatting with you. It's the new year, so I thought we could have some pretty awesome discussions around what that looks like for people. How are you doing, Casey? I am doing well, thank you, in this new year, uh, first week of the new year. Yeah, it's um, it's always interesting. Uh, what I thought could be a fun thing to kick off is um, motivational interviewing. Is I've learned so much over the years about it, and when I apply it, I always think it's fun to apply it to my personal life. And there's a lot of talk in the new year around um, what's your word, what's your phrase for the year, and that's always you know been in my world anyway for many many years. And it's kind of funny when I think of it in terms of motivational interviewing, because I'm like, the ambivalence I have, I can't commit. What's my word? Is it the right word? I don't know. I think I want this. What's the phrase? And um, (laughs) it's a fun thing I go through every year. And I'm like, what would Casey do? Like, there's a way for me to ladder this up to my values somehow so that I feel more certain about my mission for for the new year. So I I was wondering if maybe we could dig into into that and, and how... Maybe you even approach the new year. Sure. You know, even as you talked about it, you know, I, I don't know if it's my rebellious side. I don't know if what it is, but I just don't, you know, subscribe to the whole one word thing. Even when it's like, just summarize this training in one word. It's like, no, I don't want to summarize it in one word because it's way more dimensional than that. So, so I'm just not going to subscribe to the one word thing when people have asked about that. Um, the one that that Matt told me about that he's doing that I think is fascinating is what's one thing you're going to stop in 2024 stop doing? What's one thing you're going to start doing? And what's one thing you're going to continue doing? That just was an easier way for me to frame it. So the one word thing, it just it doesn't fit my psyche very well because um, I just don't like that limitation. Um, and I think that causes my own reaction and resistance and ambivalence versus going, you know, I want to be thoughtful and, and a whole in my thinking around it because my life is just so dimensional, um, and try to consolidate into one word just almost in and of itself starts to cause me stress. And it's just, I'm not into stress <laughs> as much as possible. There's enough out there that I don't want to pull it on myself for no particular reason in a way that's supposed to be growthful when it feels like it's constraining is like, but yeah, that's just not, that doesn't line up with my values. <laughs> so, um, so that's kind of the way that I, because <laughs> it's like, maybe, maybe I fall in that category because it, it always does <laughs> consternation in my world, which means it might not it's be it. a lot values. That's it. Um, and that's why I think for me, the, I, I like setting intention and I, it's something that, you know, John and I have talked about as well too over the years because and it was a conversation he had, I had gotten into in terms of, but if we don't set the goal, if we're not working towards the goal, 
And I get nervous about that a bit because I think it, there's so many right ways. You know, when I talk about it in motivation, there's so many right ways to get to the top of the mountain. You know, if you think of any mountain peak, there's so many right ways, there's so many trailheads you could start from. And what I found is that I tend to be, in my humanness, I tend to be pretty limited in the right way to get up there. And I know that. I know my ego can get into that, that this is the right way, this is the way I need to do it. And that in of itself starts to create limits. And and from an MI perspective, it's what I've tried to untangle as a professional, as a therapist of not getting caught into my ways the right way, or I'm the expert that the beauty and the journey is there's so many right ways to get there. And that for me is very helpful when I set my intention is I know I want to get to the top of the mountain. I know it's important to me, but I want to allow the fluidity of the journey to be part of the experience as well, too, instead of starting to stress over the deadline or the, you know, what, what marker did I have to meet to get there? And that's, I think partially it comes with age. I think partially it comes with motivational interviewing, just my obsession with it of, I just don't want to create stress for myself. That's unnecessary because stress is not my motive. Um, Historically it was, and it just does, there's too much byproduct (laughs) that's negative byproduct that I just want to avoid. So even when it comes to behavior change for myself or setting intention for the year uh, for a new year, one of my intention, part of the energy around that is just don't create stress on yourself. Don't create pressure. I, I, one of the things that I really appreciate about it, kind of a track that John had went down was um, his shift towards lifestyle medicine. It's not about losing weight. It's not about fitting into the dress. It's literally about if you change your lifestyle slowly, you're going to see monumental changes a year from now, two years from now. It's if you're trying to drop those 20 pounds that you're going to end up in yo-yo dieting or and doing damage and causing stress to yourself and feeling guilty. But it really is lifestyle change. And that's when I shift towards being, you know, vegetarian. It was just, I just know that that stuff is not good for me. I just look at the data. And so I just stopped doing it. And it wasn't like, there's no guilt. There's no shame. Last night, literally, <laughs> literally last night, I we went over to a friend's house for dinner and she had made lasagna and there was meat in it. And I don't freak out over it, you know, and I don't make a big deal about it. I just, and I don't pick around it in an obvious way. I just eat the parts that I want to eat. And I know that there's meat touching it and it doesn't bother me. It's not a political thing for me personally. It's just, it's not going to cause me stress or consternation. I'm not going to pack my own meals when I go over to somebody's house. Like it's just because all those things just cause me stress, but my lifestyle is I just don't eat meat. Um, and if meat is in my, is in my plate with somebody I'm with, then I just don't make an issue of it and I'll eat it or, you know, eat parts of it or whatever. And it's just not a thing. And I think that just keeps me from being wound up because I just want to be of service to myself and other people in my family and getting caught up in those negative narratives. Um, it just doesn't serve me well. It hasn't served me well. And so, and what I look at with people that I've, you know, served as a therapist or as a clinician, it seems like the stressors or those those deadlines and timelines don't it, it it can increase stress and I don't think they're bad and I don't think it's wrong. I just think that our brain tends to function more effectively when it's under less stress and pressure. Um, so when I set an intention and I know I'm working that direction, that feels very growthful for me and I can feel growth happening. And then when I look back, you know, after a month or a year, I notice a difference in myself. So. That's really interesting. That's some of my ways. 
Yeah, thank you. That's really interesting. I heard a couple different things. One is um, a beautiful analogy of the mountain getting up to fo focus mountain. So multiple paths can get you there and motivational yeah. interviewing this communication solution is really about honoring those different paths and, and exploring them, getting from a traumatic state of reaction and stress to let's get more to the executive functioning of like, oh yeah, we've got this path and we've got this path, we've got this path, not right or wrong or good or bad, but again, we're heading up to this value. So, you know, the ambivalence is there, but, but what if it's just a choice, right? Like, That's it. And I, I think there's that part of it in mainstream American culture, at least, because we have so much more of an individualistic thinking. What I what I look at is why we lean so much into empowerment. You know, kind of the recent trend is about empowering people and, um, you know, or the concept of sovereignty. You know, how do we support that? And I just think that's the beauty and the terminology I heard literally from Dr. Teresa Moyers was, well, there's definitely more than one right way to get there, you know, as far as getting sober or getting clean or, you know, removing yourself from substance use, there's definitely more than one right way. And it, that was just such a, it was so heartfelt and so authentic when she said that it just, it just resonated in my brain. Like that's such a fascinating thought. It's such a surrendering of I'm the expert and here's what you need to do. And it really does. When you think of it from a, from a partnering or a collaborative process, it really does adjust that power differential that you have the right to make decisions in your life. Are you clear what the top of the mountain is? And once you're clear, there's so many beautifully right ways to get there. What kind of experience do you want to have along the way and how long do you want it to take? You get to choose that. And that really does support that autonomy and, the, and activates that sovereignty in a different way. I love that. Can you explain sovereignty? It, you know, I'm, I'm working more and more to get away from, again, this is like, oh, you know, I, I, I just chronically aware of the, the kind of white male privilege perspective that I have. And, and so I was huge into empowerment, but the more that I've listened and learned there's, again, when I empower someone, it's like, I'm the person with power who's empowering them. And it's just, I want to get out of that narrative more. And sovereignty is just the honoring that they are who they are, that the individuality that they bring or the collectiveness that they, they bring within their community, you know, depending on the culture, that's theirs. That's theirs to own. And if through communication, they revisit that or they um, are reintroduced to that or introduced to that sovereignty, that's not a shift of power. That's a claiming of power. And that's just, for me, it may be a semantics dance for other people, but for me, there there's a meaningful difference in distinguishing those fine lines um, between empowerment and, you know, really bringing sovereignty or autonomy forward in, in situations. Mm, I love that. Yeah. You really had a profound impact on me when I heard you describe empowerment that, gosh, if you say you're going to empower somebody right out of the gate, it's has issues because <laughs> it's as if you have power to hand over power or enable somebody yeah. else to have power. And it was just one of those radical, radical shifts for me. So again, I really appreciate that. Um, so the other question I have for you in, in listening to this is 
um, when I think about people and they're charting their new course, you know, or what they want to create in the new year. And I love that you paint pictures. So I'm like, I see the focus mountain and then there's all of these different paths. And as you were talking, explaining how you get to choose, I think what came up for me was great. And what if I choose wrong? <laughs> like there's many right paths up, but it's like, cause you said, you said, um, you get to choose what, yeah, what do you want to experience? And what do you, and what came to me was like, Oh, what if we take it a step? I take it a step further and say, okay, I'm going to pick this path because I think I want to experience this and this and this. And as I go, I'm like, ah, oh, this A wasn't what I thought I was going to experience or B, um, it is. And I changed my mind. Then as you were talking, what opened up in my vision was, okay, great. So I chose this path up and then I was like, eh, well, guess what? At any point on that path, there's 20 other paths. Absolutely. So I like, yeah, absolutely. Welcome aboard, Danielle. And I'm like, this no, is no. <laughs> I mean, when you articulate, you can see it, it in practice, it doesn't have to be in conceptually. It doesn't have to be overwrought. It doesn't have to be overly complicated. I, I can just feel my brain is teetering. I tend to avoid getting to kind of spiritual conversation, but I can feel my brain, everything in me wanting to kind of drift there a little bit um, towards this kind of a spiritual perspective. And what, what I think about that, the journey, what has been so profound for me in my own growth process on multiple levels is it's not only there's more than one, one right way. When I look at on more of a, a universal level, so from a whatever a belief system is with a God perspective or a creation perspective or an energy perspective, or, you know, whatever that perspective is, whatever the belief system of religion is around. For me, what I think of is the, this, this is case of my little delusional spiritual world is part of the reason the universe expands is because every path you take up to the top of the mountain expands the experience of God or the universe. So no matter what Danielle does, the universe will expand because of what you just experienced because no one will experience it the way you just experienced it. No one in the history of the planet, in the history of the universe, no one will taste a strawberry the way that you do, Danielle. No one will love the way that you do or look at a sunset the way you do. And every one of those experiences expands the universe and, or God's experience or whatever, you know, however people define that. And so when you're thinking about, well, which is the right path, there's such a, for me, it's such a gentle reset to go, no matter what you do, it's going to expand the universe um, through the way you experience it. So it's removed a sense of right and wrong from me or the angst over what's the right path. Cause I used to have lots of internal turmoil about, should I take that job? Should I stay in this relationship? Should I do this? Should I do that? Should I not do this? Should I not do that? And now what I think of is, God, there's just a beauty to sit back and go, you know yourself, you know what the top of your mountain is, what would most line up with that? And what do you want to do? And there's no judgment either way, because you're just going to expand the experience. And that's just like, whoa, that's just so much more freedom, which makes me go, well, what's the right thing to do? What do you want me to do? Because now that I have freedom, now I'm curious, which way would you want to take me through this process? And it's just like, no, no, you still get to choose. And I think that's part of that sovereignty that's fascinating um, or that, that support of autonomy that for as much as people crave it or fight for it, it there's something very ironic if they're given if they have nothing to fight against and they truly get free choice, they want somebody's advice or what they think they should do. Well, what do you think I should do? Or 
if you if you're not invested in my outcome, if you're not attached to my outcome, I, now I'm really fascinated what you think. And for me, this has taken kind of my spiritual belief and woven it so tightly into motivational learning because it's why I believe so strongly in helping people get clear about who are you and what are your values and what behaviors would line up with where you want to be. That it's such a fascinating concept to orchestrate that conversation, but not drive those conversations. Because so many people say, well, I'm paying you for your opinion. I'm paying you for your advice. I'm paying you because you're the therapist. And um, and there's nothing wrong with that. And if people want opinions, that can be helpful. But it doesn't help develop executive functioning and critical thinking. And if people are really looking for growth, then those are the things that we, you know, I like to put a little bit more energy into. Well, I'm glad you opted to go down that route because that was really a beautiful <clears throat> a beautiful way to look at whatever path you choose, that it's going to be expansive. Um, I think uh, you're going to laugh when I share with you. I, I, <laughs> I, I actually created the phrase. I think I landed on the phrase and now you're making me rethink the phrase. So it's kind of funny. Want to hear it? Yeah, absolutely. Make better choices. <laughs> <laughs> I was all like, okay, I think I got it. I think this is it. And then now I'm listening to this going, oh my gosh, is it really better? Or is it just make choices like with, with peace, yes. with, with joy, with, you know, yes. anticipation and excitement, not better, worse, good. You know what I mean? Like remove all of that judgment and just realize. Yes. And then I'm like, oh, and how does that ladder up to my values? And I'm like, yes. um, well, I don't. I don't know a hundred percent, but I, I know that I, I do know a hundred percent. I love learning. I love it. Learning is huge for me. So why have I spent so much of my life trying to find a path with so much certainty and, and yes. comfort? I'm like, wait, learning is expansive. It can be crunchy. It can be uncomfortable. Yes. So that I know that's what fuels me is learning. So why don't I, get a little bit more honest with myself around what that means and what that could look like. As you talk about that, Danielle, too, I, the thing that clicked in my brain, as you said it, is it's even from my vantage point is even the modification to you have choices. And, um, and there's something that's, I think that takes weight off and creates interest at the same time. It's like, I do have choices. So it, <laughs> there's two things that went through my brain. So I'm going to talk about both of them. When I, I had the opportunity when I was young, I got through my pushed really hard through school. So I graduated a little bit early, went straight into my master's program at a very young age, finished those two years, was working full-time through the whole process and getting all this experience because I knew what I wanted to do for a living as a, as a, as a therapist, as a clinician, as a social worker. And then I had the opportunity to, I'd saved tons of my money so I could take a year off and travel around Europe. And there's just so many things that can happen, but that when you understand you have choices, I remember when I activated my URL pass and it was a two month unlimited youth URL pass. And I remember I activated it in Munich, Germany. And, and when I walked out, cause you have to go in the little thing and you have to sign it and there's carbon copies and all these things. And so I do all that. And then I, and we had kind of a plan where we we're going to go. But then when I walked out on the platform, there was 32 trains lined up 
going to Portugal, going to Switzerland, going to Sweden, going to like, there's 32 trains. And it's like, Oh, I have choices. Like I can, I could go on that train and tomorrow I could wake up in Barcelona or I could go on that train and wake up tomorrow in Vienna or like, Whoa. And I think that was such a profound moment for me. Um, that that's where to know that I just have choices was helpful. And I want to bring this down to the other thought that I had was um, all I keep thinking from is how privileged I am from, even though, you know, where I was raised teetering, not completely on poverty, but, but definitely lower income family and large family. And, and so I always thought I wasn't privileged because that was just the narrative as a white male. I, you know, I felt like I didn't have privilege because it was financial. And now I understand how much privilege I had compared to other people in other cultures. I had profound privilege. I had the privilege to go to public schools. I had privilege for all sorts of things. Um, I wasn't under fire. I wasn't being you know, touched. I had all sorts of privileges. And what struck me about this same, same thing about I have choice or I need to make good choices and how that continues to modify in my brain from what you talked about is I remember when I was working in the prison system and I would left the state prison system and was working in the federal prison system. Um, and this had hit me pretty profoundly working with, with um, people who were incarcerated is I remember telling them when they kept telling me they don't have choice and I, and I need to be careful how I frame this because I, I really want to honor people's trauma and their stressors. But what I really wanted, what I was working with people to understand is you have more choice than you think, even though you're incarcerated, you have the choice to go throw your jacket over the barbed wire and crawl over. You have that choice. There's benefit or there's consequences that come from that choice. It just first realize you have choice and then realize where you want to go and how do you want to get there? And, and so that can be a bold statement when you're coming from a place of privilege, because there are, there's all sorts of circumstances around the world where people don't have choice. But then I think of the most inspiring people in our histories around the globe, and they're people that have found ways to exercise their choice when it appeared that they had no choice. When I think of Elie Wiesel or Gandhi or, you know, um, you know, Nelson Mandela, or just people that where it looked like they had no choice, they were making very active choices. And I think those are the times that were the most inspired. So instead of making a good choice, it's understand that you do have choice. You do have options. And I think that's so hard when the brain is under fight, flight, freeze, and so stressed. It's so hard to believe that because we're just in a survival modality. We're just in truly survival. And how can you fault a human that goes into survival mode? But I think that's partially when we're talking this whole thing about a new year or what are your thoughts as you go into this new year? I have, I, I think having such a rich narrative in my brain of, I know that I want to capitalize on the fact that I am blessed that I have privilege and I don't, um, I've moved to a place where I try not to have guilt over that or shame over it. But I feel like if that's, if that's an inheritance that I've been given by whatever, whatever energy has given me this inheritance, use it wisely. Um, so it's not even the right choice. Just make sure that you're getting the most out of it and doing the best you can do, which is why I love my career, which is why I love what I do. It's why I love being a clinician. It's why I love getting up and helping other people. Like it genuinely feeds my soul because it feels like I'm 
using my inheritance wisely um, with whatever I've been given with power and privilege. I want to use it wisely. Um, so I do want to make good decisions. I don't always know if they're the right decisions because I'm human and it's just, I, I trust there's an inner relationship with life or the life force or God or whatever that energy is, you know, that, that, that moves us. Um, I just want to be more in sync with it than not in sync with it. And I don't want to be in sync with the chaoticness of social reality, at least in mainstream American, the, the social chaos doesn't intrigue me. It doesn't, I don't want to be part of that because it doesn't feel healthy and growthful. And so that's why when I think of what I've been given, I don't want to invest in the things that create insanity um, and chaos and division. I want to invest in things that create peace and health and stability. And that's when I'm operating with intention um, to move in that direction. And it's hard because we have writing reflexes and we function in a social world and we bounce off of all these things. So I, I think that's what I'm thinking about moving forward in the new year. I'm so cognizant of all of these things that I just want to continue to be a good person trying to do the right thing for the right reasons and do as, you know, as little damage to other human beings as possible and, and to be a way to, to give them a sense of, of growth and continuation in their life in the best way possible. So, so it's not about, you know, getting back to the gym. It's not a matter of, you know, eating less meat. It's not those things for me as much anymore. It really is trying to move to how do I make a difference in the world with the time that I have and the inheritance that I've been given by, whatever gave me this, you know, privilege. That's amazing. Um, my, my final question to you, I think you may have just answered, but <laughs> excuse me, you, um, kind of started with how you choose, um, you don't want to choose a stressful path, um, up, up your mountain. And I was going to ask you to tie that to what your values are. So, when we have any of these discussions, a lot of times it's like, how do you tie that choice or that behavior up to your values? And so I was listening to everything you were saying and trying to extrapolate what would I guess your values would be. And so you get to test me now and see, because I'm like, mm, no stress isn't a value. So I'm like, what would it be? And I heard you say, um, uh, peace, health, and stability. Yes. And, would you and the one that I would say yes. And the one I always add in there for myself is integrity. Okay. The, the, the reason why for me, Danielle, in this is, you know, in all my spiritual pursuits, you know, outside of my work world, um, I remember, and it's kind of what you're talking about as well, too. You know, I was, I just want growth. I just want to growth. I want to, I want to create growth and healing. And then I'd be, you know, rocking in bed at night, just going, why does it have to be so painful? Um, and then somebody told me it doesn't have to be just when you say you want growth and healing, just ask for it to not be painful. And it's like, Oh, I just thought it was <laughs> exactly. I just thought it was part and parcel of growth, you know, no pain, no gain kind of a thing. And so that's why that sense of peace. It's like, I want to have growth and I want to have healing. And um, my intention would be that, that it doesn't need to be stressful or painful. Um, and if it is, I can definitely navigate that. But if I'm setting my own intention, I want to continue to grow and create and be able to help and heal other people. And not if it's my preference would be that it's not painful or stressful. So not, um, not back and forth. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it's just like, well, 
well, if I get a pick, I'll tell you exactly what I'd pick. I'd pick kind of best case scenario. Yeah, so that way it's easier to follow whatever path I go. Then it's just easier because it's like, oh, if this is going to, you know, I'm going to go the path that gets me to the top of my mountain and it doesn't have to be a stressful and a, you know, a, a painful process as long as it's a beautiful journey and, and um, more people are healed and helped because of it than hurt by it. Then that's my goal. Mm, I love that. Yeah, it was a big takeaway for me. It's like whatever choice I make, um, it's not right or wrong or anything like that, but it is, I do have a choice in how I react to whatever choice I make or whatever experience I'm having. And that that can change the game. I love that. Well, I'm, now I need to ask you this. Now, now that since this is kind of the game that I'm on this year. So tell me, Danielle, what do you want to stop doing in 2024? What do you want to start doing in 2024? And what do you want to continue doing? Oh, um, gosh, right on the spot you're putting me. Uh, the first thing Absolutely. that came, to me, first thing that yeah. came to me to stop doing. I mean, it's it's a big one. Is that okay? Sure. Uh, stop worrying. Much. Okay. And I don't want I don't want to be like black and white. Like who's going to just yeah. stop worrying? But Great. I would like to stop worrying X percent more. Love it. Um, and then what do I want to start? I want to start um, uh, genuinely enjoying this incredible world we live in every day. And it doesn't have to be like extreme things, but like literally just looking outside brings me such joy in nature. So spending more time doing that. And what are you going to continue doing? What am I going to continue doing? Growing. But with way more ease and grace. <laughs> love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Can love I ask it. you? Can I can I ask what yours are? Or sure. Um so I am going to start offloading more things off my shoulders to other people. Um, because I'm not particularly good at that offloading. So I'm gonna start offloading more things in 2024. Um I am going to um, stop limiting myself for the sake of other people. Um, It's something that I tend to do is I'll limit myself at times for other people. And I am going to continue operating every day with gratitude. That is just something that I started a while ago and every single day, and it's not even a forced activity. It's so natural multiple times a day. I just, uh, I, I just, I operate from a place of gratitude. I'm just in awe of where my life is. And so I'm going to continue operating truly every day from a place of, of gratitude and acknowledging that gratitude every day. Oh my God. I love it. That's awesome. 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 What a great segment. I hope everybody listening has enjoyed this as much as I have. (laughs) Are you sure these podcasts aren't just for me? Positive, positive, positive. Oh my God. Unless you're listening, I would say yes. So (laughs) thank you so much, everyone. Please reach out. Let us know what you're going to stop doing, what you're going to start doing, what you're going to continue doing, and what kind of values you've identified that are important to you in your life. We would love to hear from you and just wish you the greatest joy and happiness and everything you want on that path up your focus mountain. Thanks, Casey, for everything. Thanks, Danielle. Thank you for listening to the Communication Solution Podcast with Casey Jackson and John Gilbert. As always, 
This podcast is about empowering you on your journey to change the world. So if you have questions, suggestions, or ideas, send them our way at Casey at IFIOC.com. That's C-A-S-E-Y at IFIOC.com. For more information or to schedule a training, visit IFIOC.com. Until our next communication solution podcast, keep changing the world.